leaning on the everlasting arms. I start looking at the words to those songs as leaning. It means we don't have to stand on our own. And those arms, everlasting, never ending. So we're going to... Um, not going to hold you up a long time. We're going to go through some Bible study tonight. And the Bible study tonight was um, entitled, we started with, I uh, started with, with um, what's the hold up? Because that was what I was going to do. And after God was speaking to me about some of the things, it's like, it changed the, changed the title of the, of this uh, message and kind of change the topic. So I'm going to open in prayer. Father God, I ask that you would just move me out of the way. Lord, let the words be your words as they are your word, as I come straight from the Bible, that I would speak to me, God, as we speak to your people. We just thank you. We praise you. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to start with Miss Siri. I want you to interact with me on this just real quick. Knock, knock. You say, who's there? Impatient cow. She did, oh, let's go, Miss Siri doesn't do this one. Let's go with, let's go with uh, Miss Geraldine. So you, Miss Siri, you messed up my joke. Come on, Geraldine. Knock, knock. Who's there? Impatient cow. Moo. <laughs> the cow's impatient. It will not wait. So, so the, the build up to this joke that we, so, so, but why wait? That's what we're talking about. Why do we wait? So when you pray, how long do you give God to answer you? How long do we give God to answer our prayers? Sometimes we forget that he's God and we're not. And we treat him as though it's a genie in the bottle, or an ATM, or just an instant, anything I want. We do it with, we treat God like Alexa, because we say, Alexa, do this, and immediately Alexa does whatever we say. But that's not God. So God has... Go ahead, next slide there. 30 minutes or less doesn't apply to God. We're going to go through a couple of things. Where, that's why I said, why wait? We're going to go through a couple of things where people waited. And it was to their benefit. God answers our prayers. Every prayer that we have, he answers them. 
but there are three answers. God answers yes, and that's the one we really like all the time. Sometimes we don't like when God answers no. And sometimes we think that God is saying no, but he is saying wait. Because it's not, maybe it's not something that we can handle at that time, even though we think we can. He gives us what we need when we need it. No matter what we think, oh, I can do this. I, I, I need all of this right now, and I squander it. Think of the prodigal son. He took everything his father had for his inheritance right then and lost it all because he wasn't ready for it. He was not mature enough for it. And sometimes God is telling us to wait because we're not ready. So I'm going to talk about a couple of people that waited. We'll talk about Adam, Abraham, and Sarah, Job, Tamar, Daniel, Jesus, demons, and us. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to, or it's going to be up there. It says, Genesis, in Genesis 2, 15 through 20, talking about Adam waiting. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. I'm going to stop there first. So we think a lot of times that it's the man's job to say everything that is going on. I think those are too small. So we think that a lot of times that it's the man's job to say, this is how it happens, and this is my rule, and that's it. That's not it. The man is responsible. There's a big difference between responsibility and authority. All authority belongs to God. So if we look at verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. It was the man's job to make sure everything was in order. It wasn't the man's job to delegate or give orders. The Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you, that you eat from it, you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was, the, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to all the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was no helper suitable for him. Again, so Adam had to wait for Eve. And he had things to do before that blessing would come to him. Just like us, we have things that we may have to do 
God gave us a task before that blessing, before that even sometimes that help comes. So how long does it take? How many animals, how many creatures are on earth? And how long does it take to name each and every one of them? So Adam had to wait a while before Eve. It shows that he, and God said, it's not good for him to be alone, but he's got something to do first. I need to make sure that he's mature enough because Adam's job was to take care of Eve. So he had to make sure he was mature enough. So he had to wait. So Adam waited. And then in verse 21, so the Lord God caused deep, a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So Adam had to wait on Eve. It no, it, in no place does it say that Adam asked for Eve. It didn't say that he, needed, he asked for help. It's God saw that he needed help. God saw that it was not good for him to be alone, but also he needed to wait. Abraham, we know, uh, a lot of us know the story of Abraham. Abraham and his wife, Sarah, at, at the time, Abram and Sarai were late in age. Abraham was 86 years old when he had a child by Gomer, his, his wife's maidservant. But that was not his wife's child. And God told him he was going to have one. In Genesis 17, 1, it says, Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. So Abraham waited. He was 99 years old, still had no child of his own. No child by his wife. And in goes down to 21. It says, then the Lord took note of Sarah as, she, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time to which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, when he was 80 years, eight years old 
eight days old, I'm sorry, eight days old as God had commanded him. Now, Abram was 100 years old when his Isaac's son was born to him. Abraham waited 100 years before he had his son from his wife, Sarah. He waited 13, over 13 years from the time that God told him that he would be the father of many nations before he had his son. That's a little bit longer than 30 minutes or less. We have to be faithful because God is faithful, and we have to realize that God is faithful. When he tells us something, God has never gone back on not one of his promises. And when he promises his children anything, you understand that it will come to pass. Chronologically going into Job. Job, again, we have a, 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 a saying. Some people say they're like, oh, he's got the patience of Job. Well, I wish I had his patience. Don't ever pray for patience. Because in order to have patience, you have to prove that you have it. And if, in order to prove that you have patience, you have to go through some things. And Job went through some things. It doesn't say exactly how long Job was going through this. But when Job starts talking, and Job was talking about it, he wasn't saying, well, last week. He started talking in terms of months, many months. So this went on for a while. Job lost his entire family, all of his kids, all of his livestock. You could say he lost many of his friends because the ones that sat with him came and accused him. What did you do? And we have that issue a lot of times when something's going on, so what did you do? Instead of, I'll pray for you. So we have to learn to change our way of speaking instead of saying, what did you do to what can I do? Because, besides pray, because I am going to start with that. We start with prayer and then ask, how can I help? Only one of Job's friends did that. In this scripture, it talks about, and then in Job 42, 10 through 17, it says, the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends, and the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. Then all his brothers and all his sisters and all who had known him before came to him, and they ate bread with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversities that the Lord had brought, him, brought on him. And each one gave him one piece of money and each a ring of gold. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than its beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 female donkeys. 
he had seven sons and three daughters. He named the first Jemima and the second Keziah and the third Karen Hapuk. In all the land, no women were found so fair as Job's daughters. And their father gave them inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years, and he saw his sons and his grandsons four generations. And Job died, an old man full of days. Job never gave up. If you know the story, it starts off with God was there, and the sons of, and sons of God came around, and Satan comes up, and God's like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just going here and there, seeing what I can do. And he's like, consider Job. And it goes on, and it's like, uh, you, you're protecting him. And he goes, and he continues. And so this time goes on, and Job waited. All through this, Job waited. Now, he was frustrated, but he waited. And we have to wait because, again, he's God and we're not. And this time that we have, when you see all this time that these men have lived, it's nothing but a short time in comparison to eternity. And that's what we're holding on for. We're holding on for that eternity with, with Christ. Now, this is a name that um, don't hear a lot of stories. I mean, like all, uh, some of these, we've all heard many stories about these, but don't hear a lot of stories about Tamar. Tamar was Judah's daughter-in-law. Judah had three sons. Well, he had sons. Tamar was, Tamar was married to one son. And he was evil. And God took him out. And as the custom of the Hebrews, if there's another male son, a male child, he's to marry that widow to, so, she can have, so she can have an inheritance because she needs a male inheritance to continue. So Judah brought another son, his second son, Onan, to marry her. And Onan was also not so good. He wasn't right either. And he decided if it's not going to be my, my son, my inheritance, she's not getting a child from me. And God took him as well. Now, Judah was thinking, this, this woman's a black widow. She keeps killing my sons. I'm not giving her another son. And he told her to wait until my next son is old enough to, to marry. She didn't. Because he was not, he didn't have, he had no intention of, of giving her son, his son to her. Because he was afraid that she was going to cause him to die as well. The story goes where she tricks Judah 
after his wife died, because she went back to live with her father. And then after his wife died, she conceived a child from Judah. And Judah said that she's more righteous than I am because I didn't do her right. I didn't do right by her, by the law, by the law that God has set before us. But she waited and didn't realize this for a while, but Tamar, if you look in Matthew 1, you look in Matthew 1, verse 3, you'll see her name again. In the lineage of Jesus Christ. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron and Hezron the father of Ram. And it goes on and on. So Tamar, from her righteousness, from her waiting, she was found righteous and she was blessed to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ. So when we hear about Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den, all, a lot of things about Daniel, but Daniel waited as well. In Daniel 10, verse 2, it says, In those days I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks was completed. On the 24th day of the first month, while I was by the bank of the great river, that is, the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen, whose waist was girded with a belt of pure gold of Uphaz. Then he said to me, verse 12, then he said to me, do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, go back again, there were some things that we have to do before those blessings come. The first day that you set your heart on understanding this and humbling yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, Persia was withstanding me for 21 days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to you to give an understanding of what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision pertains to the days yet future. So God heard Daniel, but Daniel had to wait. And the reason Daniel had to wait was because the angel that came to help him was in a struggle with the, the prince over that area. It wasn't a human, it was a demon, it was the devil was stopping, trying to stop Daniel's blessing. But the devil can't stop any blessing that God has for us. He can try to discourage us to the point where 
we give up. But again, God is not slack concerning his promises. He will do what he said he would do. So then he said to me, do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart on this, I was coming. You just had to wait. Now, the king of kings, lord of lords, the second in the Godhead, in the Trinity, Jesus waited because he waited on his time. If we look in John 2, verses 3 and 4, one of the first things that we hear about the miracles of, of Jesus was turning water into wine. And it says, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. So Jesus was waiting on his hour to come. If you're reading this, Mary had to wait as well because she wanted she knew that Jesus was whom he was and she wanted something done immediately and he's like that's that's not how this works I must it's John 9 and 4 I must work the works of him that sent me but he's telling again Jesus in John 6 3 through 8 it says therefore his brothers Again, his family knew who he was. They knew there was something different about him. His brothers, therefore his brother said to him, leave here and go into Judea so that your disciples also may see your works, which you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world for not even his brothers were believing in him. So Jesus said to them, my time is not yet here, but your time is always opportune. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it, that its deeds are evil. Go up to the feast yourselves. I do not go up to this feast because my time has not yet fully come. So Jesus knew that he had to wait on all these things so the scripture could be fulfilled, so the word will be true, because the word does not return to God void. God knows what is going to happen. God knows when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Someone says, well, if God does all that, then what's the purpose of free will? If he knows what I'm going to do, then how is that free will? It's still free will. He knows what you're going to do, whether you're going to accept him or not. He already knows that. But he still allows you that choice. He could have stopped a lot of people from going down this path. But he loved us so much that he wants us to come to him not 
be robots, not be slaves to him in the fact where every single thing is a chore. He wants us to do it out of love to him. Love for, love for God is the only way that he wants us to do these things. So Jesus waited. In John 6, 25, Jesus waited. He could have he finished what he had come to do and gone back to be with the Father. John 6, 25, so some of the people of Jerusalem were saying, is this not the man whom they were seeking to kill? Look, he is speaking publicly, and they are saying nothing to him. The rulers do not really know that this is the Christ, do they? However, we know where this man is from. But whenever the Christ may come, no one knows where he is from. Then Jesus cried out in the temple, teaching and saying, You both know me and know where I am from, and I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to seize him, and no man laid his hands on him because his hour had not yet come. Again, Jesus was waiting. Now, if you look at this, if you look at this, he was in the temple, and there were people all around him. And they were angry, and they wanted to seize him and kill him at that moment. But no man laid their hands on him because it was not yet his time. It wasn't because he was so slick that he got away from them or he did some great ninja move where he got away. It wasn't his time. There is nothing that's going to happen unless God says it's time for that to happen. Someone's like, well, you know, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Well, <laughs> you didn't even have to say that because if, if God says it's time to go, it's time to go. There's no debating. Enoch, Methuselah's, Methuselah's father, he walked with God, and it says in the Bible, he walked with God, and then he wasn't. Doesn't say he died. It says he walked with God, and then he wasn't, because God took him. It was his time. It wasn't his time to die. It was his time to be with the Lord for eternity. We're waiting for that, for that time. But before that, I want to go, was going, all these people waited. Now, the demons are waiting. When Lucifer was kicked out of, out of heaven, he took a third of the angels with him. That's a lot of angels, y'all. If you, if you look up in the sky and see all the stars and think of one-third of all the stars gone, the demons are waiting. Not waited, they are waiting. If you look into when it's, it says, when he came to the other side in the country of the Gard of Gadarenes, two men 
were demon-possessed, who were demon-possessed met him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, son of God? Have you come to torment us before the time? They know that there's a time for them to be tormented for all eternity. And they knew who Jesus was. And they were waiting on their time. And they thought that because he was there, he had come early to torment them. Because they will be in torment for eternity. But he sent them out into the swine. It wasn't their time. So they're still waiting. Now we wait. Isaiah 40, 31. Yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will not run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Sorry I got tied up with that one because I know it from the King James Version. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. They will not faint. We will continually be with the Lord once we wait, when we're waiting on him. Now, why we wait? This is, this is the last one now. Why we wait? Revelation 22 and 20. Revelation 22, 20 says, He who testifies to these things says, Yet I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. We are waiting for that day that the Lord comes back. Jesus is also waiting for that day because it says no man knows the day nor the hour that he return, even the Son of Man, because he is waiting until the Father tells him to come back. I saw this um, documentary that explains a lot of that, the allegory of this, where in the Hebrew culture, a young man is betrothed to a young woman. They're going to be married. And then he, he's like, you're going to be my wife. And he goes away and prepares a portion of his house, his father's house. He goes to his father's house and builds on that house before he goes and gets his bride. And his father sits there and watches him watches what he's doing, making sure, again, he's waiting while he becomes mature. And once he's complete, the father says, okay, now it's time. 
go get your bride. So Jesus is watching and waiting while the Father is watching us and says, okay, now it's time. Go get your bride, the church. That's what we're waiting for. We have to be ready when he comes. And that's what we always have to do when we speak to someone, give a message or anything like that. You have to extend that, extend the opportunity for them to accept him. And if you don't know him, you can accept him as your Lord and Savior. A lot of people like to accept him as Savior, but not Lord. But we have to accept him as Lord and Savior because that's what we're waiting for. Amen? So we're going to ask Brandon if you will come back up. We got one, you got one more song for us? One? One more. While Brandon's getting ready, I'm just going to stand. I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for yet another day. We thank you for allowing us to come and gather and hear from you. Lord, no matter how long it takes, give us the endurance to wait on you. Give us the endurance, the abilities to Go out and do what you ask us to do while we're waiting. Let us go out and make disciples of all nations, teaching them the gospel, teaching them that you are Lord. We thank you and we praise you. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.